For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's Life and Letters, For or Against Torah. This is part 13 of the series. We are going to be examining further Paul's teaching regarding Yeshua and how we are to live our lives in dedication and service unto him and his kingdom. So first we're going to look at the definition of sin that is found in 1 John in chapter 3 in verse 4, where it is written, Whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah, for sin is the transgression of of the Torah. So in order to biblically qualify that we commit sin in our lives, we must transgress the Torah. So in order to not sin, that means that we need to follow the Torah. Not sinning is living a holy life. And so in order to not sin and live a holy life, we would therefore need to follow the Torah. And so there is a teaching in traditional Christianity that says that when Yeshua died on the tree that he nailed following the Torah to the cross. And in this teaching, they look at the Bible by saying that before Yeshua died on the tree is the age of law, and after Yeshua died on the tree is the age of grace. And the age of grace supersedes seeds or does away with the age of law. So therefore, the teaching is that we are not today living in the age of law, and therefore, the believer in Yeshua as the Messiah, the teaching goes, does not have an obligation to follow the Torah today. Well, Paul wrote in Romans in chapter 4 in verse 15, at the end of the verse, where there is is no law. So if the Torah was nailed to the cross, then there is no law that we are under to follow today. And Paul says, where there is no law, there is no transgression. And that goes back to the basic understanding of what sin is. First John chapter 3, verse 4, whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah. 
for sin is the transgression of the Torah. So if sin is the transgression of the Torah, where there is no law, then there is no transgression. So there has to be a law in order to transgress the law in order to sin. And then Paul also wrote in Romans in chapter 5 and at the end of verse 13, he says, sin is not imputed, that means counted against you, sin is not counted against you when there is no law. So there has to be a law in order for you to transgress the law in order for you to sin. So if the law was nailed to the cross when Yeshua died on the tree, and if you have to transgress the law to sin, then you would come to the conclusion then, based upon the definition that sins the transgression of the law, that you cannot sin sin after Yeshua died on the tree because there is no law. And as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 verse 13, that sin is not counted against you when there is no law. So if we're going to say that people sin today, and if we're going to say that as a result, we need to repent of our sins in receiving Yeshua, as our Savior and Lord in our lives, there has to be a law that causes us or tells us that we sin so that we have to repent of our sin. And if the law has been nailed to the cross, then we're told in Romans in chapter 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. So there has to be a law so that you could transgress the law or sin, and then the result of sin is death. But if there is no law, there is no transgression. So if the law has been nailed to the cross because of the death of Yeshua when he shed his blood on the tree, then it's not possible for anyone to die after Yeshua died on the tree because Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 that in order to die, you have to first sin. But if the law has been nailed to the cross and there is no law, then we can't sin. And if we don't sin, then we can't die. And so, therefore, if the law has been nailed to the cross, then there shouldn't be anybody that has died in the last 2,000 years. So, obviously, the law has been not nailed to the cross because people do sin today, and there has to be a law in order for people to sin. And Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, for by the Torah is the knowledge of sin. And so, in in order for there to be a transgression of the law, there has to be a standard regarding right and wrong. And the Torah outlines and specifies the standard of the God of Israel. So whenever we violate his standard, that constitutes transgressing of the Torah. And so it's only through that standard where we would examine and see that we violated God's standard 
do we come to the awareness and the knowledge that we have sinned and what we do in order to be regarded as having sinned. And now Romans in chapter 7 verse 7, Paul writes, what shall we say? Is the Torah sin? Well, when you sin, you get into bondage. And traditional Christianity says that if you follow the Torah, then you are in bondage. And so it's sin that gets you into bondage. And Paul asks, is the Torah sin? Is the Torah bondage? And he answers the question, God forbid, the Torah is not sin. The Torah is not bondage. And Paul says, I would have not had known what is sin except for understanding the Torah standard. In Romans chapter 3 verse 23, Paul explains that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all have transgressed the Torah. Now because the Torah was given as a covenant at Mount Sinai, we can understand the words of James chapter 2 in verse 10, which says, Whoever will keep the whole Torah, but yet offends in one point or breaks one element or aspect of the Torah, he's guilty of violating the entire Torah. Why? How is that so? How is it that if I break one part of the Torah, I'm guilty of violating the entire Torah? It's because the Torah was given as a covenant. And when you break one part of the covenant, you're regarded as breaking the covenant agreement. Paul taught in Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 that in our own efforts and in our own ability that if we don't obey all the Torah that means we break the covenant and thus according to the Torah we are under a curse. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 it is written for as many that are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written everyone that continues use not in all the things that are written in the book of the Torah to do them is under a curse. And he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 26 which reads, Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this Torah to do them and all the people shall say Amen. So if through the Torah we learn of the standard of the God of Israel regarding right and wrong and then once we recognize that we as human beings we violate or we break his standard that he has set forth for us in the covenant that was given at Mount Sinai, it says that if you break the Torah, then the result is you deserve the curse. You are under the curse. And so this is why we need the Messiah. And that's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 verse 4 that Yeshua in the King James says end of the law, but it's the Greek word that means goal or target, Messiah is the goal or the target at which the Torah aims. Because once we see we've not met the standard, we're under a curse. And now how are we going to resolve our status and our situation of being under the curse? It's going to point us to the need for someone to save or redeem or deliver us from this condition. And that's the role and the task of the Messiah. So Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 that Messiah 
Messiah has redeemed us from the curse of the law for violating the Torah and the penalty for violating the Torah being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And so he hasn't redeemed us from the Torah. He's redeemed us from the curse of the Torah, which comes for violating or breaking the Torah. And so ultimately that curse manifests itself in the penalty of death. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. James explains in James chapter 1 verse 15, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it comes to its conclusion, brings forth death. Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19 that the wisdom of the world through the carnal mind is foolishness to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. So Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 that should a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah live a sinful lifestyle? So what would you have to do to live a sinful lifestyle. You would have to sin. And what do you have to do to sin? You need to transgress the Torah. So Paul's asking the question, should a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah in Romans chapter 6 verse 1 sin or live a sinful lifestyle? And he answers the question in Romans chapter 6 verse 2 and says, God forbid. No, we should not. So Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we, that is Jew and non-Jew, shall we continue in sin? or live a sinful lifestyle that the grace and mercy of God may abound unto us when he extends and offers forgiveness of sin to us? Well, Paul answers the question in Romans chapter 6 verse 2, God forbid. And Paul also explained in Romans in chapter 8 in verse 7 and 8 that sinning or not following the Torah is the biblical definition of being in the flesh and the flesh cannot please God. Romans chapter 8 verses 7 and 8 because the carnal mind that is human thinking human reasoning that is based upon the logic of our five physical senses is an enemy against God and the carnal mind is not subject to the Torah of God neither indeed can it be. And so in ourselves in our human worldly logic and in our flesh, we do not think and reason according to the ways of God, according to the word of God, and according to his Torah. That's why after we accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, that Paul wrote and explained that we need to renew our mind. And in order to renew our mind, we have to read and study and the word of God or the Torah of God needs to be written upon our heart, which is the new covenant. The new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 and Hebrews in chapter 8 verse 10 is the Torah written upon our heart. So we need to get that Torah, his word written upon our heart through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so we see things through our spiritual eyes and not through our carnal mind and our flesh. So this is 
why Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 8, so that they that are in the flesh, they that are in the flesh are reasoning according to the world's wisdom, their carnal mind, their carnal logic and reasoning, which is an enemy against God. And as a result, the flesh cannot please God. So Paul explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, that leaven is likened to sin that's in our lives. And by permitting sin to be a part of our lives, that that sin tends to grow and expand if we don't deal with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, your glorying is not good. You not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And then he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, therefore, let us keep the feast that is Passover and unleavened bread, not with the old leaven, that is the way that we thought according to the ways of the world before we accepted Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness and evil heart, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul refers to some of the sins that were taking place with the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, it is written, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. So this is a violation of the Torah as specified in the book of Leviticus. In 2 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12 verses 20 and 21 it is written for I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would or as I would desire to see you and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not or I'm concerned that I'm going to find you following your carnal mind and your flesh lest there be debates envyings wrath strife backbitings whispering swellings tumults which are sins of the flesh and lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Paul explains the characteristics of the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And remember, he said in Romans chapter 8, verse 8, that those in the flesh cannot please God. And those in the flesh are following their carnal mind, which is an enemy against God, and it does not follow the Torah of God. So someone that's in the flesh is sinning and not following the Torah. We're not to walk in the flesh. We're supposed to walk in the spirit. That means we are to follow the Torah. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, and they are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so rather than walking in the flesh and according to our carnal mind, which is an enemy against God and not subject to following the Torah of God, we are to instead follow the Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And following the Torah by the Holy Spirit is the new covenant because that Torah is to be written upon our heart. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you. And so what's going to be the outcome or the result 
of the indwelling Holy Spirit within us. I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And so walking in the Spirit results in following the Torah of Messiah. And so that's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is no condemnation to them that are in Messiah Yeshua who do not walk after the flesh. If you walk after the flesh, you sin. And if you sin, you transgress the Torah who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then Paul explains in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so this is the way that Paul sought to live his life unto obedience to Yeshua the Messiah, as he wrote in Romans chapter 7 verse 22. Paul says he delights in the Torah of God according to the inward man. What does he mean after the inward man. He's referring to the one who is led through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He follows the Torah through the help, leading, and guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 verse 4 that the righteousness of the Torah or the way that you are viewed and being in right relationship with the God of Israel is fulfilled in those who do not walk after the flesh but walk after the Spirit. And so Paul taught in Romans chapter 10 verse 4 that Messiah is in the Greek word that got translated as end in the King James is the Strong's number 5056 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary and it's the Greek word telos which means goal, target, or that which you are striving or aiming for. So Messiah is the goal, the target, or the aim of the Torah for righteousness to everyone that believes. So how is Messiah the goal of the Torah for righteousness? Because when we see the standard of the God of Israel, the only way that we can have our own righteousness is completely follow 100% of the time in our own ability, that standard laid out by the God of Israel when he gave the Torah as a covenant to the nation of Israel. But if we're honest, when we look at that standard, we in ourselves, in our own ability, we do not measure up to that standard. We fail. We break the covenant. And according to the terms of the covenant, that that puts us under a curse and it gives us a death sentence. And so how do we get saved, redeemed, or delivered from this condition? It's through the redemptive work of the Messiah. And therefore, we do not have righteousness in ourselves. Our righteousness comes through the redemptive work of the Messiah and he becomes our righteousness. And now once Yeshua has become our righteousness, once we have repented of our sins and received his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And in doing so, he's going to save, redeem, or deliver us by his grace through faith. How are we to live our lives unto him? Well, Paul explained in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 that we are to walk as Yeshua walked. He is our example of how we're to 
live our lives in this world in seeking to follow and do the will of the God of Israel in our lives. So Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, as you have therefore received Messiah Yeshua our Lord, so walk ye in him. And so for Paul, once he's been saved by grace through faith, then Yeshua and walking as he walks becomes the goal of our lives. Well, that's going to conclude part 13 of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.